hate the world today You're so good to me, I know, but I can't change Tried to tell you, but you look at me like me Hi everybody, welcome to the Be There in 5 podcast you know, it's been a bit of a week, and I'm sorry I'm posting this so late, but I actually, I wasn't originally going to do a podcast, but, you know, then I realized, like all those canvas art prints at Marshalls and TJ Maxx tell me, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Man, I uh, I love this song. It is by Meredith Brooks, not Alanis Morissette, Common Misconception. It's a very Van Morrison, King Harvest situation where... You know, Van Morrison did not sing Dancing in the Moonlight. King Harvest did, but it is it is misattributed very commonly. And, you know, if you had one big hit like Bitch, like Dancing in the Moonlight, two very similar songs, how frustrating would it be to have your life's, you know, greatest work uh, being credit being given to somebody else? So next time you're on a, at a wedding and uh, a reception dance floor, inevitably hearing Dancing in the Moonlight and struggling to dance to this type of tempo because I'm always just like steps like snapping and stepping maybe box stepping I'd consider it dinner music but too often I hear it during dancing time anyway just tell a friend that it's actually King Harvest and give them the credit they deserve honor them and I wanted to honor Meredith Brooks today because she's just really helping me get through a rough week so first of all we'll talk about somebody else's rough week I don't think anybody is here to listen to me talk about my uh issues with older male landlords that won't listen to me seem to only want to talk to my husband and who ask me for feedback, and then I provide constructive, uh, kind, well-thought-out feedback, and then they take my feedback, and I can't lease the apartment. Example is, this one guy had a great place. It was so overpriced, but it was vintage. It had potential. I could have made it cute. We had talked for two weeks, and uh, I sent him a bunch of ideas. I said, you know what? I think it's worth the price you're asking if you redo the floors, because the grout is disgusting, and if you're going to go in and regrout, you might as well just put in a new floor and up the property value, because I really don't think you're going to get what you're asking for now. And this is because I have moved eight times in seven years in the same place, in the same set of neighborhoods, and I actually do know a thing or two about this. And when a place sits for months, what, what do you want to waste another month of vacancy or put the money toward you know making the apartment better and more livable? So I give him this input, he takes it, he schedules the contractors to redo the floors, and then tells me I can't live there because he's getting the new floors that I told him he should put in and my dog can't be on them. <laughs> like, this is an example of what I'm dealing with. It's like putting your time and energy into helping people, trying to make a situation mutually beneficial, assuming there's good faith and a person's word means something, and then they just, you know, pull the rug out at, you know, the last minute. And it's just, it's absolutely, it's absolute insanity. Um, but, uh, you know, more on, more on that later. I mean, or not, I don't think anybody really wants to, uh, hear more though. I feel like I'm, I am interacting with such a cast of characters, given the high volume of apartments I'm going to with the brokers and the for rent by owners and the leasing agents and stuff. There's just so many funny things keep, uh, happening, but anywho, I, uh, all I could do was just, you know, write out my feelings and redo the chorus of Meredith Brooks song to my own liking to make me feel better. So as I've been making this podcast, I've been singing to myself, I'm a bitch. I'm a renter. Have no child. Just dog mother. Want a washer dryer. A nice sink. Are two bedrooms not a thing? Garden unit hell. Penthouse dream. There's nothing in between. You know that's an amount I would never pay. And yes, that, that I can't sing that to you, but that is my slam poem version because my god there's just do i do i have to live in a coach house or pay five thousand dollars a month for a penthouse unit and while i'm on that note a top floor 
of a normal three-flat does not a penthouse make? <laughs> if, if I have to climb five flights of stairs to get to something, uh, that is not a penthouse. A penthouse is an elevator that opens directly in your unit. A penthouse has sweeping city views and an open floor plan and is not a choppy two-bed, one-bath made for DePaul students. I, uh, gosh, I just, these real estate terms are just the funniest thing. Reading these listings, like beautiful, stunning, sweeping, vintage, uh, dripping in sunlight. I'm like, oh, it's dripping in sunlight? You should get some shades. That sounds problematic. There'll be a glare on my TV. Like not, just tell me what it is. You don't have to overstate it. The best things in life don't need to be sold. It's like they say, uh, money talks, wealth whispers. Like if something's actually nice, it's just subtly there and you'll know it'll rent. And you can just be like, come see it or don't. I don't care. If I saw that, I'd be like, oh my God, dropping everything. Got to get to that unit. It does not give a crap. And I'm sorry for my stupid substitute curse words, but I have a lot of friends with kids and I, I, I don't want you to feel like you can't listen to this and then my listenership goes down. <laughs> Not that I recommend anybody's children listen to this podcast, but I think my mom listens too. And you know what? To be honest, um, I'm a contextual cursor. Like it's not a natural part of my uh, uh, vernacular, so to speak. Like I couldn't curse growing up. We couldn't even say the word sucks. I didn't grow up. I think most people don't, but like it just, it was so never even remotely acceptable in my household. It doesn't come naturally to me. So it's, I'm more of a toe stubber or a rage cursor, or if I'm explaining something that has a curse word in it, but like, I'm not going to try to be cooler or edgier than I actually am because I am not. So, you know, there's that. Oh, and I got <laughs> it is interesting. Um, I mean, I'm so excited because there's like about 10,000 people that have listened to this podcast in some way, shape, or form, which is wild. Um, and uh, it, it's a little strange because, like, obviously, I want, if there's enough people that are like me out there, I, I want to talk and I want to hear from you and I want to talk about things that hopefully you're getting from here that you maybe aren't getting elsewhere. But with that, inevitably, become, you know, comes people that message you that don't really understand what you're doing and what you're about. Like the LOL, you're so weird. But fortunately, I can take these things and, you know, make them my inspiration. Um, but there's been a few people be like, are you talk so fast? Like, are you on something? And I think they might be kidding. But also, listen to my two podcasts ago, because I talk about how uh, Dare scared me out of doing drugs. <laughs> so no, I'm not on something. Um, a, I record these like in the morning most of the time. And B... If you talk to yourself for an extended period of time and you got on a roll and on a tangent, you'd be surprised at like how things kind of come to you quickly. I just don't think most people are ever in the situation where you need to talk to yourself for an extended period of time. And you'd be surprised um, how the thoughts roll. And see, I, I have this professionally edited and I don't think I'm going to have it edited today because I'm late already. And this is current, you know, I want to talk about the stuff with Chloe that's current now. Um, and I might just like leave it in sloppily. What happens is you apply a noise gate to a certain decibel level and it takes out all your breaths. And then the guy who edits my podcast takes out those gaps. So it, I'm not naturally breathing between sentences because otherwise you'd hear. And th that's so annoying to listen to. So it sounds like my thoughts are coming out a lot faster than they are. And I actually do think it's too fast and I want to slow down the edit of it. So, um, you know, just want to clear that up for anybody that's concerned about my well-being or 
uh, worrying that they aren't able to uh, talk at this pace because I am not either. It is edited. Um, anyway, on to much more important topics. Who I'm thinking about right now in, in my thoughts and prayers is Coco. One Chloe Kardashian. Guys, I, um, you know, I've been talking about this on Instagram a lot. And it's funny. I'm not like a diehard Kardashians fan. I'm not like a blind supporter of them. I think a lot of their antics are funny. I think the way they talk to each other is funny. They have their own language. Uh, I, I may or may not have said Bible a few times. Um, they have been doing that oh, thing. I can't roll my R's. I swear, ever, ever since I got my tonsils out, I've been unable to roll R's. And my husband says that makes no sense. But I think it makes a ton of sense. It's in my throat. Who's to say they weren't like, you know, enabling a certain vibration off of my larynx? Um, they were saying that way before Cardi B did, no? If people are going to get mad at me, I know Cardi B is very popular right now. And, and trust me, I think she is a fascinating character as well. And I do sing Bodak Yellow to Tugboat regularly about his puppy shoes. Um, but they, I, I love their salads in a clear bowl that they eat with plastic forts at, at their kitchen table. I love that they miss and love their dad so much. I, I love that this past season they tried to get into social issues while simultaneously talking about them in such a deadpan and emotionless manner while going back and forth between just scrolling through their phones while being on site at said important social issue locations. It was, it, I don't know, A, I, the Courtney cracks me up because she is so deadpan to the point where I just am I fe I'm fearful she's dead inside until I see her interact with. Penelope Mason or Rain, uh, I do think she is a good mom, albeit a little crazy. And the fact that the kids go over to Chloe's house and immediately but don't even say hello, they just scream lucky charms at her, I think shows, you know, the perils of overly nutritious children. I mean, I want my kids to be healthy and I want them to eat fresh organic. No, 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 I don't care about organic food. Uh, maybe I do. I don't know. Do I? The, the regulations are too vague. And I, I think sometimes things are passing as organic that aren't really and we're just being tricked. Um, I want them to eat fresh, nutritious foods in, in whatever capacity that I will research prior to bearing children. Uh, but I also don't want them to go over to a friend's house, have a Hawaiian punch, and them going, and their body going to absolute shock because they can't have sugar or food coloring or anything processed. Like, yeah, I don't think you should solely fuel your body off those things. But, you know, treat yourself now and again, guys, unless you have an allergy. And I have a lot of food allergies, so, you know, I understand that. But... Anyway, I do think she runs a bit of a tight ship nutritionally, and I, I hope her kids can live a little. Um, there are also so many things that I think are problematic about them that I don't like, too. I can see both sides. I, I honestly am kind of an unbiased uh, cultural observer. I mean, do I, as a person who has like 12 jobs and can't seem to exactly carve out my space in the world, love that a sex tape launched a family into a $300 million plus enterprise without a specific vocation other than being famous? No, it's not my first choice. It's not what I would tell my daughter to strive for. I, I think a lot of, there's a lot of issues with this, but they've also had their moments of contribution as well. I, I, you know, I love that they're curvy and they own it. And even though they have access to the best trainers and chefs in the world and whatnot, they're pretty open about their struggles with their weight. Uh, you could argue the flip side of that is that plastic surgery numbers have skyrocketed, that the age at which people get plastic surgery has plummeted, that, I mean, th there are so many sides to this. Uh, there are so many people that have issues with, like, their family values. But I also listened to a podcast from... Uh, an anthropologist that was talking about how them putting biracial relationships consistently on television has been really helpful. And there's just so many things. There's too much you could get into and too many sides, you could argue. But what I do think, I, I, they translated what could have been a tiny blip of just Kim only's notoriety 
into multiple businesses, a famous family that's multiplying, one of the longest running cable reality shows on TV. And they've managed to be at the top of mind of the media for over a de- decade with all, the, all of these shenanigans that have made them money. And do I think that it's all clean money? No. Do I think that's the right way to make money? No. Uh, but they've done it. And I can't, I can't deny their success. I can't deny their skill at making us talk about them. And I don't know. I, I think that if you are a person who denies their significance to the zeitgeist, who minimizes their cultural impact, it's a bit naive. Even if you don't personally believe they should be relevant, the reality is that they, they are. And there's so many visceral reactions to them, which I get. But as with anything, if you really hate it and want to rage against it, instead of pretending it's not there, uh, pay attention, deconstruct it. I find it really fascinating to observe their influence almost sociologically. Like, I, you know, I am, unfortunately, a contributor to their success and that I do own one KKW palette and one Kylie Lip Kit. But that was all in pursuit of my cultural literacy because I just had to know firsthand. I do think Kylie's products are... A decent quality, but it is just ColourPop repackaged. Fun fact, go on ColourPop, buy their, buy their uh, matte lipsticks. It is the exact same thing. And, you know, if you want systems of influence changed, examine it, deconstruct it. The only way you can figure out how they got there is to somewhat dismantle the process and figure out where it's broken down, how it's evolved over time, and what you can do about it. I just think we live in a world that's different now where celebrity comes in different forms and talent or not. And while so many of these people drive me absolutely crazy, I like to keep my enemies closer. So I will I'll continue to follow. I'll continue to keep up. I'll continue to hope and pray that a place that sells those chopped salads in a bowl that keep them in shape comes near my house. I just I really need a good chopped salad. Like there's just there why why everywhere I've ever lived there've been a subway within a quarter of a mile, but I just can't get a chopped salad. God forbid I get that salad from a subway. And I actually like how Subway smells, and I don't mind an occasional turkey sandwich on their Italian urban cheese bread, you know, but it's not my first choice, and there are a lot of flies on the food at at times. And I've come across a few sandwich artists in my day that are, you know, really, really stingy with some of the meats and cheeses, and I just, I don't appreciate that. But, you know, so I've taken my talents to Jersey Mike's. But anyway, that's not the point. What was I talking about? The Kardashians? Oh yeah, Chloe, of course, who is, uh, bless her heart, seriously, regardless of how you feel about the Kardashians as a human being, this is tough. This, uh, when I first saw this a couple days ago, I was absolutely outraged. It has less to do with Chloe and more just to do with like a pregnant woman about to go into labor, stuck in his house that can't fly that, you know, uh, left her entire family in California to be with him at the place of his work and is committed to him, for her to be experiencing this, it's just, it's just heartbreaking for her. And it's absolutely maddening that there are men who think they, they can get away with this unscathed. And I feel like it's safe to say Chloe is America's favorite because she's honest for the most part. She pushes back on her sister's shenanigans and she has had a, she's been a little unlucky in love. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking, and I'm still trying to figure out how I feel and how I should position this because I want to be careful with this platform and uh, talk to you like you're my friends, but also not encourage things that I, I don't want to hear really people talking about anymore in these situations because I think the easy narrative is like, 
how could you not see this coming? He's an NBA player. Athletes are cheaters. You know, she's had two cheating NBA player boyfriends or husband before and whatever. And like, yeah, that's all true. And I trust me, if anybody wants to encourage people to be discerning in their decision making with who you marry, who you make babies with, who you date, it is me. I think I believe in looking at patterns. I believe at looking at past relationships. And I believe in, uh, you know, not turning a blind eye to some major character flaws that are not changeable um, when you are, you know, starting to seriously date somebody. That said, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, sure, there could be high concentration of athletes who aren't faithful. That doesn't mean every single one isn't. That doesn't, isn't like Russell Wilson, isn't uh, Steph Curry. I mean, those are like the two I know because their wives are famous. I don't really know anything about athletes. And and don't get me wrong, I, I could never date somebody that travels that much for a living and has women throwing themselves at them for a living because I'm a jealous person. It is what it is. And I don't like the notion of, you know, uh, girls are throwing themselves at a guy. So therefore the girls are the problem and not the guy, your decision-making human being, you can choose to cheat or not to cheat. I don't think anybody is a victim of circumstances beyond their control that make them sleep with other people besides their wife or girlfriend. That's ridiculous and stupid. Bottom line is, were there red flags? Absolutely. This guy is a piece of garbage. He left his first girlfriend in her third trimester and left Co- and cheated on Chloe in her third trimester. His um, other son was born December 16th, 2016. He is dating, starts dating Chloe during that third trimester of his ex. Chloe gets pregnant summer 2017. And then, you know, Tr- Tristan and Chloe parading around town, social media, acting like you know, this miracle baby is like the first baby he's ever laid eyes on when he has another kid that he never talks about with a woman he just left. The whole thing was already messed up. I, I was, I was, I thought the whole thing was shady from the beginning. And, you know, I, I the, there are no words. There are no words. And I'm seeing everywhere online people like how you get them is how they leave you and da, da, da. And like, yeah, do I think there's some truth to that? Of course. Uh, but for now, for today, when she, you know, I I can't put myself in the shoes of a super famous person and I don't know what they look for in men. I don't know what kind of relationship they had. I don't know if she knew he cheated or not, but what I do know is like, she's a human and I, I I don't care. All all opinions uh, for the Kardashians aside, as much as a public spectacle as this whole thing is, and even I'm talking about it, so I'm not respectful, but I really feel, I feel badly for Chloe. Like, I don't care how famous you are, how much money you have, or if your mom is debatably at the helm of every diabolical PR scandal of the last decade. But like, bottom line, as a human, as a woman, a new mother, I I feel horribly for her. Like, she shouldn't be embarrassed. She It's not her fault. I hope no woman ever feels shame for the bad behavior of another person. It doesn't reflect on you. You aren't stupid for believing what people tell you. Who wants to live in a world where you have to question if somebody's lying to you? My, my friend Marissa was saying this the other day. She's absolutely right. Be better men. Bottom line, like, yes, horrible people exist. Yes, that's why laws exist, because stupid people can't be left to their own devices. Be better men. I don't understand why there are so many men who are in serious relationships, who make children with people, who bother to waste their breath on these lies they tell women and promise commitment and keep them strung along and want them all to themselves. And the women can't do anything else, but the men can go out and do whatever the hell they want and face zero consequences. They aren't having the kids. I don't care if you have to pay child support. Pay all the goddamn money in the world. You deserve it if you're impregnating people all over town. 
and not to say every woman wants monogamy. If if that's not what you want, you know, by all means, have at it. But if, if I'm talking specifically about people who are active participants in a monogamous relationship who think the rules don't apply to them. I just, I don't know. It's so, it's so simple. It's so simple. All that stands between you and ruining somebody else's life is telling the truth. All that stands between you and destroying somebody else's trust is just telling the truth. All that stood between Tristan Thompson and an international scandal that uh, could ultimately affect his basketball career is telling the freaking truth. If you don't want to be in a relationship, don't be in a relationship. It's just not more complicated than that. It's just not. The way, oh God. I, even if, I mean, I don't know, if you're a person that like wants to make out with chicks at nightclubs, cool, have at it for all you have is tonight, you know, and insert Pitbull song here, then don't be in a relationship. If, if you want to frequent diners club card at a strip club and you want to spend weeknights there, I mean, hopefully not lecturing the protagonist from City Highs, what would you do? But that is awesome. I have, have a great time. I hope you get a bacterial infection from the scrambled egg buffet. And I hope the strip club has a great punny name like the landing strip. But just don't be in a relationship. You can do all of those things. You, you can live the life you want, have the freedom you want outside of your relationship. I would imagine outside of a committed situation, it'd be even more of a field day. Because you wouldn't have to bring your decoy in a white hoodie to the club like Tristan did. You wouldn't have to hide. You wouldn't have to hope people didn't have cameras around you. You could just do whatever you wanted. And even better, the women you're getting while you're in a relationship that know you're in a relationship are also the scum of the earth. So if you become single and available, you'll actually start to attract women with integrity which is, you know, kind of a novel idea. And the idea with a partnership is that we are with people that hopefully make us better. And these Instagram models and fame whores and people selling stories and photos for money aren't making you better. Like, is it worth it? And don't get it twisted. I, I first will always look to the man for accountability if there's a cheating situation going on. And I don't like when people only focus on the other woman. But I'm not saying that you should not focus on the other woman because you absolutely should. Because... I, just in today's day and age, where we're trying to foster a more supportive uh, female environment, uh, to think that you are special, to think that you are doing anything other than just feeding in to a systematic problem of men thinking they can have their cake and eat it too and get what, whatever they want by being somebody's mistress. You, you aren't special. You're, you're, you're the problem. I, I'm sorry. It's just if if you don't if you don't think that engaging with somebody who who has honestly told you that they are still in some sort of commitment, I just you're not doing anything but co-signing that you don't believe in commitment. That you think that this is an acceptable way to treat people. That this behavior is something that you condone. And when it happens to you, not if when because it will because you already approved it and you already gave a firsthand example of it working in their favor. When it happens to you, you have no grounds to stand on. And it, it just, it's like, yeah, it's easier said than done, the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd want done to you. But like, I just don't get what, I don't get what people get out of it. You're not getting yourself a commitment. They sure as hell probably aren't going to jump into something else really quick unless you're like Charles and Camilla. It's like the only situation I can think of where it worked out. You're just being a selfish person that likes the attention and likes the idea of being liked more than somebody else. And you're probably having fun with the secret nature of it. And it's going to crash and burn and blow up in your face. And I will be there with popcorn watching.
And, you know, I, I apologize if that was harsh. And I think there are so many cases where this can happen when you're younger, before you know what kind of person you want to be, before you really understand the ramifications of these decisions, uh, you're, you're allowed to evolve and to learn from mistakes. I'm not saying your soul is damned. I just, I just, I don't know. If anybody was ever on the cusp of considering, I just hope you would stay, take a step back, engage the depth of your intentions relative to the depth of the damage. And if your intentions and your pursuit is shallow and the wake you are going to leave behind you is, is very deep and very damaging to somebody else's life, just move on. It's just move on. It's not worth it. And you're going to go on and you're going to forget about it. And it's going to be a blip on your radar. Whereas some other woman might, and children might really be suffering from it. And I'll stop talking about this. But I I guess to me, the only, the only argument that really would ever need to be made to the guys that are doing this, like Tristan is you're the, you, you were birthed from a woman. You have a mother, you have a, Tristan has a daughter now, like even a hypothetical daughter, all that you need to do is just think to yourself, would I be okay, okay with somebody treating my daughter or my mother like this? Like the, it's that simple. And I would hope the answer is no. And if, if you make the argument like, oh, okay, you know, you don't care how your hypothetical daughter would be treated by a man who disregarded her feelings, used her, cheated on her and embarrassed her. Like, who would say that? If you say that, to quote Brittany Cartwright from Vanderpump Rules, then rotten hail. Because you're a sociopath and I can't help you. So I guess my point in all this is, you know, a tip of the hat to all the great men out there. They do exist. I know many of them. I was, I, I was raised by one. I'm married to one. I'm lucky to have, have come across many, many great men in my life. And largely these total monsters are ones I only see in the media, which does beg the question of, how fame and fortune plays into our behaviors, which I can't understand firsthand. But beyond that, to all the men out there treating women badly, misleading people, surprising people, doing a 180, just be better. And if any of you warned your friends about a guy or, you know, you knew he's bad news, or maybe even they knew he was bad news, like, let just give, give each other a little bit of slack because I... I've even like known people that my my friends have dated that I thought seemed great. And the crazy part is like sometimes the most convincing people are the most manipulative ones and the, the, the more complicated onions turn out to be the good ones. And it's just it's, it's a complicated dating world that is a total gamble. And I think sometimes you, you just cannot blame people for believing what they're told. You, that, that's all you really can do and other than walk around being suspicious of everyone's intentions all the time. If you're dating someone and behind closed doors, they're telling you X, Y, or Z, I understand why you would believe somebody you love. And I don't blame anybody for thinking that perhaps it could be different with them if, if they're single. Again, I do, I do not condone people believing like, oh, I'm going to leave my wife. Like, no, they're not. They would have already left her. Um, I just think, you know, if you're Bethany and you're just crying at Luann, just being like, don't marry Tom. He's a bad guy. And she does anyway. Yes, that's incredibly frustrating. But it goes to show people just have to make mistakes for themselves. People have to learn for themselves. People have to just, I don't know, because if, if, you, if you're the one whose opinion or, uh, you know, this, hearing something through the grapevine ultimately leads to a breakup and the person doesn't experience it firsthand or hear it from the source's mouth, who's going to get blamed for that breakdown? You, the messenger. And that's a weird, it, it, that's a, an area where friendships get complicated. I know it's so painful and hard to watch people in bad relationships and you know in the event it is harming somebody absolutely intervene and step in but when it comes to emotional matters when it comes to 
people detaching themselves from toxic, toxic relationships, I kind of think everybody has their own process in their own time. And what I would ask in exchange is that the, for women that do get blindsided and feel like they find themselves in this situation, uh, were you really blindsided? Like, were there red flags and watchouts that you actively ignored uh, as you went deeper into this relationship? And are you just saying you were blindsided and shocked uh, to save face, to be, be prideful? And I say that because I think sometimes when these things happen and the women are like, I had no idea, like he was the amazing, most perfect husband in the world, but then he had this like whole secret family in another city. It makes people in good relationships be like, oh my God, like what? Like I, I need to, should I just always be checking every phone and every email and whatever? Like, no, there were probably signs that this guy was, you know, had other things going on that perhaps you ignored. And if not, God bless you. And I can't even imagine, but I just want to, you know, help me help you. Like, let's all, let's forgive each other for the mistakes we make, but let's be honest about how we got ourselves into the mistakes so we can help uh, each other learn from our own situations. I, I think the great thing about where we are right now in the world is you know, we, it's okay to admit your flaws. It's, it's, uh, there's a currency in relatability. There's a value in sharing our stories and to make everything perfect, to always act like it's all happening a la Sheena Shea isn't helping anybody. And the only thing I will say is that there's not a lot of clarity on when Tristan left Jordy, Jordan or Jordy Woods. Um, when she was pregnant and when he started dating Chloe, because I do think this story is a bit different. If um, Chloe, like if, if he was dating Jordan while pregnant and he left her for Chloe or Chloe was a mistress, like I, that is like a whole other level of crazy what goes around comes around karma. But I honestly didn't even think it was worth it to investigate that at the onset, because regardless, it's just a woman in labor going through this time without her family being stuck, be having to emotionally process this while enduring one of the most difficult things you will in your life and the most joyful things in your life that you don't want tainted by something else. Like, that I feel for and, you know, didn't really want to question. But, you know, that, 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 that I don't know. I cannot, like, find a definitive answer. I, I know that Chloe and Tristan started dating soon after he and Jordan broke up. But I'm sure even if uh, he did cheat on her with Chloe, those timelines would never be uh, publicly released or clarified because the devil works hard. Chris Jenner works harder. The last piece of this would be like, do I think that they are orchestrating this? And there was a blind item I had posted that suggested this is all an intentional media circus. Some people are like, maybe it's a distraction from labor. Maybe Black China planted it. Whatever. I, I actually don't really know. I, I think everybody does want the best for Chloe. And I, I think Kris Jenner exploits her kids and, you know, is very money hungry and does a lot of very, very obscure things that I would not expect from a normal mother. But I don't think she would, like, exploit this baby in the womb. I don't think she wouldn't do anything just out of protection for Chloe. Like, I don't, th I, I just don't think she would try to embarrass her daughter. Like, I don't think that's the point. I hope not. Maybe I'm the naive one. But um, I, I would just assume that TMZ got the tapes in October. She squashed it. Because if things are going well, they'll keep their circle tight. But then when he got lazy, when he stepped out again, maybe even Chloe knew he was somewhat of a cheater and was even okay with it. I don't know. Maybe she really wanted to just have a baby. 
that's when, you know, Chris, Chris got mad and Chris took revenge and she released everything and wanted him just absolutely destroyed. However, if they, if that was the case, why was he allowed at the hospital? Like at, at this point now, when I'm recording, they, she's already had the baby and there were photos of him going in and leaving. And there's a lot of articles swirling about it. She's already forgiven him. And God, I hope that's not true. Uh, like plastic, like it's, it, it might as well be a billboard to be like, Hey guys, you can treat people like absolute garbage and have absolutely no respect for the mother of your children and be making out in girls with clubs when she's literally crowning and it's okay. Uh, no, Ugh, I get so frustrated, but I, I, I was really hoping at first that Chris and, and co were going to take them down. I saw like a funny like tweet that Kim allegedly spit on him in the hospital, which would be hilarious, but I do not see Kim doing. I don't even know if I see Courtney doing that. The only, the only one I can really see doing that is maybe Penelope. She's, she's a sassy mix up in that Penelope. <laughs> She's like Scott. I, I'm, a, I'm a Scott sympathizer. I think Scott is dynamic. I think that he's so himself because the way he acts on the show is so fundamentally unlikable. It almost makes him unlikable. And I don't know. I wish he was on TV more. He's the comic relief of the show. I, I used to love to, when he did those Todd Crane's phone calls. Those were hilarious. And I mean, if we're really going to get into the argument of like not having a real job and why are they famous? Like, what is Scott doing? He has like so many cars and houses and Truly, he does not have a job or a talent. He, he doesn't do anything except be paid for like two episodes a season on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. He can't even show up on the vacations. And I do feel bad that his parents passed away. And that whole phase with the Lord was weird. But part of me also has a fantasy that, you know, Scott will one day, you know, turn against the Kardashians and join Taylor Swift's squad. And then they'll have a reality show called Lord and Taylor. It's like the most obscure duo ever where they just get into hijinks around town. Like, how hilarious would it have been if when she was releasing those girls one by one from the Bad Blood video, it was like, Carly Claus, Cara Delevingne, Lena Dunham, Selena Gomez, Lord Disick, and he's like in a ninja costume in the Bad Blood video with all these women. <laughs> what a great opportunity for, for Scott to get with a new girl crew besides the Kardashians, because clearly this, that really hasn't worked out for him. I just wish, like, more obscure celebrities just, like, instead of uh, pulling stupid you know, calling pa paparazzi to like come film them at the gas station and like, you know, go get green juices with their actual significant others. I wish that they would call the most obscure celebrity that you would, a reality star that you would never think they would hang out with and then call the paparazzi. And then we could talk about like, why are Taylor Swift and Scott Disick friends? Why is Chrissy Teigen out getting a bubble tea with uh, DJ James Kennedy? You know, like maybe, how funny would it be if like, some mega star that kind of has a sense of humor. Like, who, who would be an example of that? Like, I guess a Kate Hudson, a Sandy Bullock, an A-lister, but that also is like, maybe self-aware? Stepped on the red carpet wearing a Lexus Couture. How funny would I would die. You know, women supporting women. Just because they're all braided halters and ill-fitting, uh, you know, cotton, not pre-shrunk, horizontal striped maxis that are hideous and indeed not Couture at all, doesn't mean we shouldn't support her. I wonder how that trampoline park's going, by the way. Like, good riddance, Jim Bellino. Now that's a problematic dude I've ever saw him. Sheesh, there were some really bad guys on early seasons of Orange County and uh, Beverly Hills. The bo bo you know, like the, uh, what's his name? Oh, Taylor Armstrong's ex? That the, There were some dark seasons. Oh, Kim Richards, the goblin she dated, the gremlin man. The, like, he was so weird. That was scary. Sorry, I'm getting worked up again. Anyway, I'm looking at my notes now, and I was going to read through a list of all the things making me mad this week. It was just kind of going to be a, 
you know, and my one angry podcast, given that Meredith Brooks set the tone, but now that I'm reading these, they just seem really unimportant relative to the bigger picture. I was apparently really mad at websites that have slideshows and don't allow you to see a listicle in uh, scrolling format. That is frustrating. The ads take forever to low and it like shuts down Google Chrome and it, it is a bit of a crime. Similarly, I found it really frustrating, apparently, that I was going through threads on, you know, Facebook and uh, Instagram and whatnot. And I hate how you have to load more comments. I like the Reddit way of life where top comments get upvoted. And I think Instagram maybe just changed that. But, you know, I, I have 100,000 unread emails. You really think I update my software? Um, but there's, no, there's, there's a few things more frustrating, like at night when you're tired and you're just trying to, like, finish reading about an issue and you are in a deep, deep scroll through a comment section and you lose your place and it scrolls to the top. I don't know why, but that was really frustrating me this week. I also was outraged by the constant request on all the forms I was filling out for my different apartments by asking my home phone, my mobile phone, my fax number, my day phone, and my evening phone. Oh my God. Like, I get that people have different jobs and work at different times of day, but I do I really need to clarify my work phone versus my day phone? Do you really think I have a fax machine? Forms. Forms are terrible. Written forms are terrible. Landlords that make me fill out forms and scan them. I don't know. I should have a scanner, but it barely works. And it's just so slow. Like, get an online portal. I have no patience for handwritten things. I have no patience for the security of all my personal information on handwritten things. And I am so tired of being asked about my home phone and my day phone and my work phone. They're all the same. And if they're not the same, cool, separate them out. But, you know, do you really need all my numbers? Because if you're rapid fire calling me on my home phone, my day phone, my mobile phone, my evening phone, my work phone, and my fax machine, uh, I, I'm going to call the authorities. I don't really think that's necessary. I've written down that Tony Robbins was making me mad, but I don't feel like getting into that. I don't feel like getting into paying 15 grand for a seminar that's promising to change your life that you can probably download illegally off the internet. Uh, here's the thing. If you want to improve your life, I respect that. And I, and I, I like a lot of his stuff. That's free, though. I think that if you're in a dire financial situation, it's not the wisest investment to spend, you know, 15 grand on a motivational seminar. But that's just me. I'm on high alert for guru types. Uh, you know, I just I, I watch many cult documentaries. I had a whole segment in my podcast last week about my con deep concern and issue with false prophets and all of these new age leaders that come out of the woodwork and get a YouTube following and all this stuff. But, you know, my producer suggested that I, I was breaching into touchy subject territory and probably scoot that on over to my Patreon. And also I recorded like um, about mm, 20, 25 more minutes on my Patreon about other issues I was having this week and feeling like, um, I don't know, in a constant struggle of uh, being honest and speaking my truth versus being liked. My issues being, you know, a Southern woman in, uh, in the society I was in where, you know, kindness is valued over honesty of, you know, feeling like I want to stand up to these landlords into an occasional difficult customer that makes their lack of planning my emergency. I so badly just, I, I, I want to stick to principle and justice and I want to be forthcoming because that's always the simpler, less complicated route. And I am hearing everywhere that I, I should be standing up for myself more. And that, you know, it's okay if you come across bitchy, like Meredith Brooks does. But at the end of the day, I can't live with myself if I feel like I hurt somebody's feelings. I would rather lose time and money and be inconvenienced than go to bed at night and have that pit in my stomach where I just shudder thinking about something I said or did that was weird. And that's why I have so much trouble with this podcast. I fear that I'm going to say something. I fear 
that people aren't going to like me. I, if, if I see anything remotely negative, my body just turns into lava and I just think about quitting and I just don't have a thick skin. And I don't know if a thick skin is uh, like a muscle memory, something you develop over time as things get more and more difficult, or if it's just a facade that people use to pretend that their enemies are powerless. I, I don't know if it's a real thing. I, and if it is, I certainly don't have it. And I don't really want to go through the exercise of making it thicker and having to experience it more because I'm just not cut out for it. But the problem is if you ground everything you do and all of your content being uncontroversial, the controversy becomes that you are boring, you are bland, you are the the the, the white faux fur throw on the acrylic uh, ghost chair. You are the gold coffee table with the peonies and the Tom Ford book on top. You are the inexplicable, you know, stilettos and T-length skirt midday that if I didn't know better, I would think we're a civil war reenactment because do people really dress like that? These are the things I see online that just bore me to tears that are beautiful and aspirational. And at one point I wanted to be that way, but I'm just realizing it's, it's not my thing. And I would rather uh, repel and attract in order to find more of my target audience. But inevitably, it's a painful process to repel people. But, you know, I talk about this in much greater detail on my Patreon this week and, you know, come to the conclusion that you can't really win. <laughs> and maybe there's a lot of freedom in uh, knowing that not everything you do everywhere to everyone is going to be universally liked. And if it were, even that in and of itself is to a degree unlikable. So. Let's just all do our thing and own our truth and try to find our people and try to move forward more fearlessly. And I say that because I move, I barely move forward. I scuttle forward. Even at times scuttling is the best I can do. But the important thing is, is your emotion and you break inertia. And in doing that and in putting yourself out there creatively, you slowly learn to just tune things out and to be proud of what you created and that you think what you have to say is unique and has value. And I am not, I'm not, I'm not always there yet. I'm, I always, every time I end one of these podcasts, I'm like, God, why would anybody listen to this? Um, but, you know, I'm going to keep plugging away. I'm going to keep figuring out what the right balance of, of, of topics and anecdote and ramblings. And, you know, should I have people on here? Should I not? Should I have ads? Should I not? Should I, you know, try to make this more of a business so it's more consistent and professional? Or should I keep it loose because everyone else is, is professional? These are the things I don't know and that I toy with. And, uh, they keep me up at night, guys, and I just, I don't really know. But I guess, you know, for today, I'm going to try as hard as I can to not feel bad about having an opinion. I'm going to own and channel my rage toward these landlords, towards customers that are mean to me, towards the post office, towards Tristan Thompson, towards anybody who cheats. I'm going to try to channel this rage into something productive. And I hope that productive message is, you always have the right to use your voice. You have the right to have an opinion. You have the right to tell somebody who's treating you poorly they're treating you poorly. You have the right to give well-intended feedback to people that you think are negatively impacting your life and others. And you have the right to hold strong in that opinion. And even if you're like me and when you say or, or do something or are sharp at the tongue and you immediately feel so anxious and you can't believe you said that and you wish you hadn't and you made everything so uncomfortable. If at the end of the day you actually meant it, at the end of the day, it's, it's your truth. It's okay. Take a deep breath. Have a glass of wine. Be proud of yourself for having an out-of-body moment and, and, and really going for it. Because I've had a few moments this week where I'm just like, did you really ask for my design help? And then use it against me in a negotiation so I could not bring my dog into the apartment that I thought I was going to lease for two weeks. And now I am back at square one and I am two weeks away from not having a house. 
Oh, God. And I promise this marks the end of my complaining about my rental situation. I imagine you guys are like, what's your deal? Do you have bad credit? Can't you just pick a place? Should you just buy a place by now? Why Why can't you find a place to live? And, I, and you're absolutely right. It is stupid. And the answer is, I don't want to buy a place because I don't think I'll be in the city that much longer. I can't find a place because I need a lot of square footage because I both live and have a rug factory in the place that I live. And... um I, we have to leave where we are earlier than we thought, and we can't get into where we're going to later than we thought. So we're trying to, you know, fill a gap, and it's complicated, and it is stupid. But and I and I will stop complaining about it. But it, it has been an entertaining process, and uh, you know, we can't have the noble perspective all day, every day, when things happen to us that it could be worse, and that there's, you know, people dying and people suffering, and, and there's always somebody fighting a harder battle. I agree with that wholeheartedly, but. That that is a very noble pursuit, and we we you only know your own situation, and you can't trivialize absolutely everything that happens in your own life, regardless of how stupid it is. And sometimes you just have a rough week, you know. So go easy on yourself. I know I'm going easy on myself, and uh, thank you for listening to to my stupid debacles. And trust me, it is not lost on me that they are uh, overreactions uh, akin to that of Vicky Gunfelsen uh, screaming, accosting. Uh, a customer service worker that he sent a family van instead of a, a higher-end SUV or limo. And if I, too, am crossing the Vicky Gumbelson diagonal, the threshold of likability and crazy where you're about to tip and I'm about to get into the danger zone and I'm about to get booted in the, off the plot graph of your life, please tell me. Not directly in the reviews, but shoot me an email and we can work something out. But yes, I, I'm committing to continuing to stand up for myself and to try to find that balance between the high road and, you know, demanding justice. So I'm going to start trying to speak up a little more. I'm going to start trying to defend myself a little bit more. I'm going to start asking for what I think I deserve and not just having this happy to be here mentality. Because in general, that's kind of my life's motto. I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'll do it for free. And then when somebody wants to pay me, I'm like, who? Me? I'm the worst. Are you kidding? Well, let me pay you. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to actively try to try to be better at this. So I hope you do the same. I hope everybody, I hope everybody knows their worth. And I, I'm going to end this podcast with um, somebody who I think knows her worth and who is an arbiter of uh, all things strong female feminine energy. I, she is somebody I weirdly forget about when I think of the great feminist icons of my time and uh, some of the greatest memories with music of my time. And she is in concert in Chicago in three weeks, and I probably will go by myself because I don't know anybody that will want to go. But I thought I, I should share her energy with you today because we all need it. Because any man of yours better be proud of you. Even when you're ugly, he still better love you. And he can be late for a date. That's fine. But as Be There in Five would say, he better be on time. And that woman is Shania Twain. And please... Stay to the end of the song where she does a similar, you know, kind of line dance style, hoe down, throw down, a la the Hannah Montana movie, and tells you to shimmy shake, make an earthquake. It is delightful. It is perfect. And I hope it starts your day in a better mood than the beginning of this podcast did when I raged. Probably a bit too much. I I'd said at the beginning of this podcast when I started it that instead of always, you know, trying to appear like I'm together and self-actualized and I'm some entrepreneur that gives you advice, I'd rather just talk through uh, the roller coaster of my own emotions, if anything, so hopefully they'll be relatable because I know they certainly aren't helpful. But, you know, I think that sometimes entrepreneurs put up a facade of like being these hashtag boss babe, hashtag no days off women, 
when really every day I just, I, 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 it's a constant struggle for me to figure out the right way to handle certain situations. And lately it's just really been on my mind more than anything. So thank you for allowing me to talk it out. Uh, just a friendly reminder, if you want bonus content, if you want raw and cut episodes, if you want to hear about my secret projects, if you want me to talk to you candidly at midnight while my husband's asleep and I reminisce about my stories of the week, like the Midnight Society from Are You Afraid of the Dark? Go to patreon.com slash be there in five. It is just a portal where you can directly support content creators instead of ads. So if you like what people do and you want them to keep doing it, that's how you can support them monetarily. Even though this is free, it is never lost on me if anybody is willing to, to, to pay a dollar a month to hear more of it and just even be able to allow me to edit this podcast. It makes a huge, huge, huge difference in my ability to keep going. And I am so grateful to everybody on there. You are my people. You are my focus group. I will continue to reward you in whatever way I can. Um, and yeah, follow Appy there in five on Instagram, F-I-V-E, not the number. And uh, if this is your first podcast and you didn't like it and you'll never hear it again, that's, that's fine. I, I, like I said earlier, I'm trying to embrace that I will repel people. And while, while you're leaving, please exit through the gift shop and go to BeThereIn5.com and just buy my products instead of listen to my voice because I'm more than okay with that as well. And, uh, you know, please rate, subscribe, review. iTunes is still running a conspiracy against me. And there's like, I swear, 100 people that told me their reviews are blocked and I don't know why. And if anybody has a connection please let me know because it's really bumming me out. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, Nadoi Dax Shepard is going to clog the top spot on the podcast. He's like an actual celebrity. What about the rest of us commoners, us mere paupers, just, just trying to get our voices out there? iTunes does, does not reward the amateurs, and it would be a more pure platform if they did, I think. <laughs> anyway, I, I hope you have a great week. Thank you for tuning in. I love you. I mean it. And as always, let me know your thoughts, and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five, I swear. Just a little too tight and ain't a thing I do or say